Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Authors Access, where authors get published and published authors get successful. Hi, I'm Irene Watson with Reader Views in Austin, Texas. And I'm Victor Volkman with Loving Healing Press in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I'd like to welcome all of our listeners to episode number 113 in our series. Tonight's topic will be Choose the Right Book Contest with our own Irene Watson. We'd love to hear your questions and comments about tonight's show. Please send them to info at authorsaccess.com. Now, tonight it's my pleasure to speak with my co-host, Irene, who is uh, something of an expert on book contests. She is, of course, the managing editor of Reader Views, a book review and author publicity service located in Austin, Texas. She started Reader Views in 2005 when she published her first book and realized a need was not being filled. Listening to other authors, she continues to create online ventures to fulfill their needs as well. The latest being First Chapter Plus, an e-catalog of self-published and small-published books targeted at libraries and independent bookstores each month. Now, Irene uh, is the perfect guest for the Choosing the Right Book contest because this is her fifth year in running an awards program. As well, her first authored book won an Ippy honorable mention. She is, of course, the author of several books, including The Sitting Swing, Finding Wisdom to Know the Difference, Author's Access, 30 Success Secrets for Authors and Publishers, and most recently co-author of Rewriting Life Scripts, Transformational Recovery for Families of Addicts. Uh, good evening, Irene. Hi, Victor. I'm glad to be here, and it's kind of different to be on this side. Yeah, well, we thought we would just uh, take advantage of our own in-house expertise here. Now, before we get started, I'd just like to throw in a personal anecdote. I try to support my authors as best I can with contests, and we have an arrangement you know, where I usually contribute the books to contests if they will pay the fees, things like that. And I had one author who, over the course of a year, wanted the book to be entered into more than two dozen contests. And we sent out at least 60 books, you know, because many contests require multiple books. And I think we may have taken it a bit too far, which is why I want to emphasize uh, choosing the best book contest, because you can't enter them all, you'll go broke. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> And, of course, a lot of the contests, and I would say the majority of the contests, there is a fee involved. And, uh, wow, so I'm sure that all the listeners are wondering, and, of course, I am too, out of all those books that you sent for that particular author, were there any wins? So the awards that were garnered were uh, the Golden Quill Award, a Reader Views Literary Award, so good for that finalist in the 2009 Next Generation Indie Book Awards, honorable mentions in two other awards, the Williamette Writers K. Snow Awards and the Abilene Writers Guild Annual Contest, as well as a finalist in the Austin Chronicle Short Story Contest. I don't know whether it was really worth you know, putting a thousand dollars into that or not, but time, time will tell because it's still early days. Yeah, I don't know either, and I know it's really important, and it really gives the book and the author credibility and notoriety to win awards. 
as to all of a sudden, you know, having a whole bunch of wards, I don't know. I kind of, as I look at that, I kind of put it, you know, as some people have all these initials behind their name, and then it gets to be an overkill. I think that, and this is my personal opinion, readers, I'm not sure as a reader what I would think if all of a sudden I had saw a book with all these stickers on them. And I think that winning one or two good awards is probably ample. Otherwise, it's like, as I said, you know, all these initials behind somebody's name, and it's like, too much. But Exactly. You, you need to trim it down. I once found a book that had won five awards, and its Amazon rank was over $2 million, which yeah. means it's selling three or four copies a year. So. Yeah, yeah. I think that also, you know, there's just a lot of purpose to a winning an award, and I encourage everybody to really look into that. And and basically, as I mentioned, it's credibility and notoriety, and you don't get into the bragging rights, too. You can claim to be an award-winning author, and you have an award-winning book, which, for marketing purposes, those are some key words that are really important. And it also gives that edge on attractive potential readers over non-winners. How did you? How do you find that with the books that you publish? That I know that some of your books, other books, also won awards too. Tracking anything as the result of, of the, um, as the primary cause of sales is is, is really difficult in this business yeah. because I'm two levels away from the book buyer. I mean, the book buyer is either online or at a, a brick and mortar store, and you know, I, I just I can imagine what's going through their head. Well, I think also it depends, too, is what the author does after he or she wins the award. You know, putting a sticker on a book or framing the certificate, that's only something that you kind of do personally. So, But there's so much more that has to be done, uh, the publicity itself and taking advantage of the fact that that book has won an award. So then publicizing it, using that in your marketing ventures, letting people know. And, uh, you know, I'm really a stickler on relevance and credibility. So this definitely, as the marketing goes for the book, the, the win is actually credibility also, as long as, you know, that's all that the author does. As long as the author just doesn't put out a press release that, wow, I won this award because it really is not relevant. So with the the relevance is what I'm talking about is, you know, taking the book contents and what is it really relevant to to what's going on right now and focus on that and then give the credibility of winning an award. And this is going to be one way to attract potential readers to get interested in it and also brag, for lack of another word, because it really is bragging that you want to win an award. Yeah, let's start from the the very beginning where I'm trying to figure out if my book is eligible for a contest. Do you find that a lot of people uh, aren't actually reading the contest rules? (laughs) Don't get me started. Uh, Yeah, I do. I think that um, they don't. And unfortunately, it's probably the same authors that don't read guidelines when they send in for the review. So it really is important to read the guidelines and send the number of books that's required, send the number of 
dollars that's required and send it to the address that you know uh, needs to be sent to what we're finding is and we try to make it as clear as possible in many different places it's like this is how many books you have to send in and we open the package and there's only one book but we need two books we need one for the first line judge and then we need one for the second line judge in the event that the book scores high and so you know then we have to go ahead and sometimes the rules actually, our guidelines say that we're not going to bother phoning you or asking you, you know, emailing you for a book, but we do. And um, which one of these days we're going to stop. But, yeah, people don't read. Right. And, and to be fair, these contests can get uh, really complicated, and some of them I've seen uh, don't actually change their entry forms from year to year. So we've actually, in some cases, had to inquire. I mean, did did you really mean that copyright date has to be 2009 or did you mean 2010? And that, that seems to be the make or break on a lot of contests. Most of them have a limited range of, of copyright dates. And, and I think those that don't are a little suspect, probably. Yeah, and we, for instance, we... Stick to a copyright year. The current year, right now, our contest is for 2010 copyright. That's it. And we even say, no, that doesn't mean that you, are, you know, copyrighted it in 2009, but it actually didn't get printed until January of 2010. It doesn't matter. We have to set the rules. So, you know, if we start bending rules, then how many rules are we going to be asked to ban? So, no, the copyright is this year and that's it but you're right there are some contests uh, for the awards that don't have a copyright that maybe do have a two or three year span or like you say um, then the form doesn't change somebody forgot and it's like "Mm, i'm wondering what's really going on there and that's something we can talk about too as to credibility yeah this can be some prestigious places like the uh the SMA, the Society of Midland Authors, is uh, an author group that's more than 100 years old, and they're, as far as I can tell, they're always late in getting their contest entry form <laughs> online. I mean, to be fair, they have to have their judges picked out first. Well, that's that, something that you. Oh, I was going to say, and not only that, they probably is run by volunteers, and so if any of us that have experience with volunteers, sometimes things don't happen in a timely fashion. Absolutely. So these smaller juried contests, you will need to mail your book to four different locations or, in the case of the National Book Award, 24 different locations. Yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, sending it to 24 different locations, that's a lot of locations, a lot of places to send your book to. And so the author really has to look at the fact, is this worthwhile? Because when you're talking about 24 books, you know, that's $240 and... Then if there's an entry fee, uh, that's on top of that, So it could, and the postage, of course. So uh, there again, is this something that's in your budget? Absolutely. And the thing that I really dislike about the National Book Award, and I'm not afraid to talk about it, is that the judges can nominate books that weren't even submitted. Uh-huh. So that's not a level playing field. <laughs> no, and I really have an issue with some of these. You know, I just it's almost on a weekly basis I get emails from authors and saying, go and go go to this particular site and vote for my book. Well, mm. gosh, I really have a hard time voting for a book if I haven't read it. 
And then it gets to be just a popularity contest as to who has the most friends and to vote for the book. And then all of a sudden this person gets an award for being the best of something. And, you know, I don't know. But there's just a lot of stuff that goes on that I just really encourage the authors to just really look at them and look at the guidelines and see how legit they really are. Absolutely. And in some cases, some of the smaller... uh the more local awards may be uh, may produce better results. For example, uh, almost every state, I know Michigan and Texas and Arizona, the arts councils have uh, yearly book awards for writers who are either residents of that state or writing about that state, that sort of thing. And that'll, you know, that'll get picked up by a lot of local papers and, and news organizations. Exactly, and I do judge. Uh, now I've judged for two years books for a New Mexico group is just, you know, which is exactly what you're uh, talking about and uh, which then leads me to, you know, what I have to do as a judge for that particular group and so what they do is they send me a box full of books and, you know, and I'm not really sure if there are other judges in those categories. It seems that they give me a certain number of, of books that were entered in specific categories and so I have to end up reading them, grading them and critiquing them and, you know, doing a two- or three-line critique. And so how they do that is I pick out the one who should, I think, that needs to get first, second, or honorable mention, So, um, which is one way of judging, and then there's other ways, too. So, Okay, so this uh, the group has specific uh, scoring criteria that you kind of, what, do you rate them on a scale of one to five, or how does that work? Yeah, I do. And uh, it is uh, one to five, but there's really, they don't give any particular criteria what to judge on. So I'm kind of off on my own. And Interesting. You know, yeah, it is interesting because then it gets to be very subjective as, well, anything you judge is subjective. But uh, I'm not sure I'm going to be doing this again because I, I just, you know, it is subjective. I don't score, uh, you know, in any particular area. I don't score on content. I unless it's my own, but they don't give me any judges' score sheets or anything like that to do a rating. So, And that's one thing that we do for the Reader Views Awards is we have a score sheet, and it's out of 100, and, you know, the, the books are judged on content and how relevant they are, you know, if they're editing issues and just the whole appearance, the cover, the back cover, the plot, if it's a non, if it's a fiction, if it's nonfiction, it's the content. So we have a different type of a judging system than the one that I judge for. Right. So it looks like you're looking at a whole spectrum of stuff, and yeah. and on the one end there's there's the Ben Franklin Awards, which are pretty much unabashedly a beauty contest. I mean, the purpose of is to celebrate, you know, Ben Franklin's version of, of people being their own publishers. So it, you know, it. it judges on the quality of the cover and the typesetting and are the margins okay and is, is the font appropriate and even you know does the title page have uh, the same image that's on the book cover and and on <laughs> <laughs> you know that's all okay and it's you know wow to get a Ben Franklin but then what I really question is since it's the content the writing isn't being judged, is it really fair to the potential reader? Because all of a sudden they get this book that is beautiful. I mean, it's got a great cover. Everything is, you know, the printing is perfect and so on. 
but it could have a ton of editing issues. It could have no plot, no storyline, just a bad book inside, but yet it could get an award. And so I question some of these awards that, you know, do things like this. All right. Let's let's talk a little bit about what's an appropriate fee to pay for an award because there are a lot of costs to cover in in running an award program, probably shipping and and everything. And I have actually paid up to two hundred and fifty dollars to enter a contest. I'm not proud of it. I didn't win. Uh, but what's your feeling on on this? Well, uh, certainly knowing that there is a cost, and maybe I can just talk about the cost that we incur, and that is, of course, you know, my staff has to go through the books when they come in. We pay the judges uh, a stipend from that. The book has to be shipped to the the first-line reviewer. It has to be shipped to them. We do pay them a stipend uh, to read the book. And then we have second-line judges. They also get a stipend. And, of course, there's the overhead. And then we have, you know, initial stickers. We have the initial printing and production of the certificates and the mailing. So there is a huge cost involved in that. And you're right. There's a big spectrum. Like, you know, what you're saying, $250, $150, $100. There's some that only charge $25. And so it brings to mind that on the forum not very long ago, there was a talk about contests and, uh, oh, it, it was about fees and so on. And so I chimed in, of course, and said, yeah, you know, there's an overhead. And basically what we're finding is that we're breaking even, and that's about it. And... Jim from Ippy was very honest and upfront. It's, yes, it's a money-making project for them. So there you go. Wow. Uh huh. So, so there's the whole spectrum, and and yeah. I guess I guess you got to do your homework. I guess that's the, the exactly. bottom line on that. Exactly, and homework is so important. And really, I encourage the authors when they're looking at the contest. It's like if I win, what's in it for me? Is it just a bunch of stickers? that I have to pay for, or is it uh, an award that, well, I'm going to get this award, I'm going to get some stickers with no year on it or anything, and yeah. I can go to, and I'm going to be invited to a dinner, but it's going to be, let's say, in Las Vegas, but I have to pay my way down there. Right. That's a good point. I was just going to mention, uh, not to harp on the National Book Award, but I think that one and several others, is in the fine print, the author has to say that someone... That, that they will get to the awards banquet somehow oh. uh, if they win. Well, <laughs> whether the publisher pays for it or not, I mean they've got to say that you know that by agreeing to win that they they will show up. <laughs> and there again, that's the importance of reading the guidelines and the, and the fine print because you know we work with a lot of uh, self-published authors that really have no budget after they get the book printed, they have no budget for marketing. But if they win the award, if they don't have any budget for marketing, they certainly are not going to be able to get themselves to the banquet, wherever it is, and it's probably not in their hometown. Right. I'm wondering, you know, I'm thinking, I've been trying to rack my brain for good uh, post-winning publicity strategies, and I guess if there was an industry association, you know, if you're writing a book about 
I don't know, say Southwestern Cooking and you won an award, you could direct your publicity maybe to trade associations or or other things that would be interested? Yeah, of course. And that's what's important is to, and there again, I'm going to harp on how relevant, you know, is your book and what's going on in society right now. And then somehow get that book and the whatever the how relevant it is, and also then throw in the award. And you're right. You know, if it's a nonfiction book on, like you say, Southwestern cooking, okay. So, you know, target the Southwest. Or if it's something to do with you're in Michigan, if it's some, uh, you know, one historical in Michigan, then, yes, target the area. Right, and if it's a Civil War romance, you should be contacting all the Civil War reenactors. Oh, and there are tons of them. Yes, exactly. And they've got publications and, uh, you know, so the homework doesn't stop after reading the guidelines and sending in the uh, book for an award. And after winning, you're just like, whoa, you know, I got this award. That's not when it stops. That's basically when it really starts. Great. Um... All right, I'm kind of lost on the talking points. Oh, okay. Where do we, where do we want to go at this? Um, what direction should we go about, in? Let's talk about how they're judged. Okay. So you've seen a lot of contests. You run a contest. How does the judging work? Well, I can only speak, and I spoke a little bit on how I am asked to judge for the New Mexico group, and I can only speak for reader views, but I can also see what, to speak on what I see. So as far as reader views goes, we start off with a first-line judge, and that is the reviewer. So every book that comes in for the awards program is read, and a review is published, and then we just treat it as though it's a review, and we post it, we do everything with it that we do for a normal review. And our first-line judge fills out a score sheet, and it's out of 100 points. And so what happens then is we take when the contest is all over and that's uh, the deadline is December 15th and we get stragglers and by the end of January everything is read. We try to read them as as they come in. And so when all the books are all done and read and reviewed and all the judges' scores are in, we then take usually the top three because we have a first a second place, and an honorable mention. So we take the top three, and quite often there are ties, so it could be the top four or five or whatever. And so we then take those and we send them to the second-line judges. Now, the second-line judges, they, they may read the books. A lot of times they don't, but they look at what the reviewer had said. They look at what was scored, and they may read them. They sometimes may just skim, or sometimes that they do some research and to just really find out about that book. So there's some serious looking at the book, too. And then taking what the reviewer had said and the scores, and then making their own decision. And so we have a group of people that are doing that. So we don't have only one second-line judge looking at that particular book. And the, the books are actually physically handled. And uh, we do have a cutoff point. So if, if the score comes below a certain point and we have books in below the score, we do not put them up. They just do not, did not qualify at all. So... That's how we do that. But 
by looking at a lot of the other awards programs, I can see that some are read and some are judged. And, you know, there are some that it looks like that every book that is entered gets an award because you look at one category and, gosh, there's a first place and a second place and then there's like eight runners-up. Well, I don't know how that happens, but that doesn't happen here. And it, so to me what it looks like is everybody that enters an award or the program gets an award. And... There's some interesting things that have happened. I, I'm going to tell you two stories as to what experiences we've had. We know that some of the awards program people do not check the books. And we obviously know from what experience we have that they haven't been read. So the one, for instance, the book came in, we we check everything. We check the ISBN, we check everything before it's even sent to the reviewer. We do a thorough check on it. And we check the ISVM, totally confused because the ISVM in this particular book that was entered was actually for another book. Different author, (laughs) different title, the whole thing. So I attempted to contact, of course we contacted the author and he didn't know what was going on, but we also found out that this particular book was given an award by a group, which I think is probably what we would call maybe a vanity type of um, awards program, and I attempted to contact them to see what they, how they actually dealt with this book because the, you know, the ISBN and the book didn't even match. And, of course, as I suspected would happen, we never did hear from them. Hmm. Yeah. So, um, and then I know that, as we had talked uh, a few minutes ago, that some awards are just by the cover. But I want to talk about another story. I'll give you another story of an experience we had quite recently, actually. We had a, a book that came in, and, and this is actually, this wasn't in Tune Awards program, but it came in for review. And we noticed that it won a first place in a contest, and so this is great, and we sent it to a reviewer, and the reviewer rejected it. She says, I can't read this. It is so badly edited. It's just horrible. It, there's just editing issues on every page. And so I ended up um, checking on Amazon and a few other places to see if others have reviewed it because we knew that they got this first place in a contest. And sure enough, there were reviews on Amazon in this particular book addressing the same issues, editing, major editing issues. So I ended up calling. Yeah, I ended up calling the person that's running this review or awards program and said, hey, this is what we're finding, and I am wondering what is going on with your... And I, this is somebody that's well-known in the industry. It's like, do your books not get read? I was just really upfront with her. And, she, and so in a roundabout way, I, I'm still not sure if I got my answer. I don't think I did, but um, I don't know if those books were read or not. She did talk about judges, that they have judges, and the books are given to judges and so on. So... You know, there you go. That just shows that the book was probably not read. Wow. Because why would somebody give, you know, why would a judge give an honest judge, unless this was a friend or something, a book that had such major editing issues that our reviewer refused to review it and others mentioned it. So, yeah, and it was was given a a first place. Yeah, it, it would be interesting to see if there's any 
contests that that talk about how they audit their own judges. <laughs> uh, you know, I I look around to see who else is doing awards and actually for my own books to see if I should enter them, and nobody discloses. Hmm. I, I think we're the only ones, or maybe there might be a couple others that disclose how the judging process really happens. Interesting. Yeah, I believe I believe you're right because you know my casual research, I've never been able to to make much head or tail uh-huh, uh-huh. about it. I'd like to talk for a few minutes about a special kind of an award thing, which is either short, usually short fiction, or poetry, and uh, it's the sort of thing where you submit your your short fiction or poetry, and it either ends up in an anthology or it doesn't. Now, a lot of these are, are perfectly good, um, but there are a few that go over the line in terms of fees. Uh, like if you're entering a piece of poetry or a short story, you really shouldn't be paying more than about $25 to to enter your work unless it's going to include a critique coming back from you. So that can be a clue if you're if it costs you fifty or seventy five dollars to submit a short story or poem, it may not be a, a legitimate uh a poetry book in that its its only purpose is to to make money for the, the publisher. So that's one thing to watch out for. Another thing can be maybe there isn't a fee or a very, very low fee, but uh, you're expected to buy a copy uh, of the book for 60 or $70, or the books are just uh, outrageously priced for for what they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you uh, just, <laughs> you can literally Google, I think I Googled uh, poetry contest scam and you'll get, uh, well, I got a million results on Google. I can't, <laughs> I'm sure. can't all possibly be true but uh, there's a lot of good articles about uh, what what to watch for and uh, and when it's just your your ego talking that's some really good points and um, it seems to me though majority I do have some kind of a fee but I do recall seeing some that actually by publishers that collect these and will print the uh, an anthology like you say so uh one thing I want to um, add, too, is um, making a decision as to what what category to enter. In, in our case, let's say we have yes. categories and regional and uh, global and so on, and this is to give the authors an opportunity to just be a little bit more, have a wider chance, and I know that we're not the only ones to do that. There are some others that do that, too. Ify, for one, has the different categories. And... What I want to do is I'm going to give in a little trade secret here. We get a lot of books entered into mystery, thriller, novels, self-help. Those are the ones that get the most entries. And, you know, when you have 100 or 200 books in the mystery, I mean, we only pick the top three. So... Mm. Wow. Yeah, you know... Um, how many did you say come in for those <laughs> let's say categories? Uh-huh. If I wow. can say 100 books will come in for the mystery category, and we only pick three. Huh. And the three top or the three, you know, the, the top scores, and it could be usually in sure. those end up maybe being about five uh, that will score high or tie. 
And so when this happens, and if you do have an opportunity to enter it into another category that probably will not have as many, for instance, regional. And in our case, what we do is when we talk about regional, it could be the author could be from that region or the plot can happen in that particular region. So we have two options. So more than likely, if it is a really good book, the better chances are to enter it in one of these other categories rather than saying, oh, my book is a mystery and that's the one I'm going to enter it in. Now, enter it in something that is not as popular. And it could be something that even, it could be a mystery, but if the undertones are women's issues, then take the chance of going into women's issues. Hey, it could happen that the person could win with a mystery in women's issues if it's something that really involves women's issues. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And so that's just a little trade secret when entering a contest. Really, really know that mystery novels and self-help are huge entries. A lot of entries going into that, and the chances are much lower of getting uh, a win. And, um, you know, just really, really think about it. Great. All right. Well, are there there any uh, closing uh, words that you want to say about uh, contests before we uh, the time went by pretty quickly? <laughs> it did it? go by. It did. One thing that I just really want to stress is read the guidelines, read the guidelines, read the guidelines. I can't stress that more. And just really take a look and see if this is a legitimate site that produces this award or if it's just some flight by night or in some cases I know that there's one particular group or you know several people that have about six different awards that they run about six different awards and just name them something different and so yes the opportunity is that you can enter six different awards and more than likely you will win in each one of them because I'm also seeing that a lot of these sites don't read the book. They just kind of give the award to everybody that wins. So, you know, you have to kind of look inside if this is really something that you want and is this win going to really mean something to you. And um, I'm just saying, you know, think about it. And if you feel that you have a chance and this is something that you'd like to try and the fee is within your budget, enter. All right, great. Words to live by. And once again, <laughs> if uh, our listeners want to check out your awards, they can go to readerviews.com slash awards.html. That's capital A-W-A-R-D-S dot H-T-M-L at readerviews.com. And this has been another podcast edition of Authors Access, where authors get published and published authors get successful. You can learn more about our guest on the Authors Access website, which is authorsaccess.com. Next time, we'll be speaking with James and Linda O'Connor about developing comprehensive campaigns to sell books. We'd love to hear your comments about tonight's show. Please send them to info at authorsaccess.com. Authors Access is a joint production of Reader Views Incorporated and Loving Healing Press. And for Reader Views in Austin, Texas, this is Irene saying goodnight. For Loving Healing Press, this is Victor Volkman in Ann Arbor, Michigan, wishing you all a good evening.